Well, good afternoon or good evening. It's uh, 4.30, so it depends on your age, I guess. We're right on the bubble if it's afternoon or evening. But it's so good to see every, all of you here tonight. And uh, my name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at our Liberty Hill location of Vintage Church. And I couldn't be more excited about spending Christmas Eve with all of you, along with my wife, Ashley, our family, and all of our team. We just want to say welcome again. We're so glad that you came. If you're new to Vintage, Andrew was just telling you we'd love to connect. I'll be in the guest suite along with my wife right after service. We'd love to meet you, get a chance to greet you, and give you a special gift. Also, you just saw the video from Lindsay, but I just want to encourage you uh, that we do have uh, those 30, uh, 365 day every day of all next year, devotionals ready for you. So if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift, you can stop by and grab one of those. And we'd love to have you back. We're going to have a special service on New Year's Day at 12 p.m. We know that people, for whatever reason, stay up really late on New Year's Eve. And so we thought, let's not do the first thing in the morning service on that day. We'll do it at noon. We'd love to have you back for that. We're going to have a special service to kick off the new year. And then we'll get into a brand new series called The Everyday Disciple. We're going to do a three-week mini-series to try to help you and help me and help all of us figure out how to follow Jesus well into the new year. So I hope that you'll come back for that for sure. Also, right out here in the commons on a table to the left, we have our end of year report. If you didn't get one of these last week, I'd love to see you stop by and pick one up. God has done some amazing things through our family of churches just this year. Of course, our location, not even a year old. This is our first Christmas together. We just launched in February. But if you're new, we have two other uh, churches, one in Belton, one in Harker Heights. And God's done incredible things in all of our churches. And this report will tell you a lot about that. So whether you're new or you're already a part of our church family, be sure and grab one of those. I know that it will encourage you. Well, man, Christmas is here, basically. I mean, it's almost here. Santa's already gotten started, kids, in some parts of the world, uh, delivering some toys. That's what I hear. Um, And he is making his way here. But if your house is like my house... See, at the Brown House, Christmas starts like before Thanksgiving. I shared this with you a few weeks back, but my wife, uh, she looked at this calendar. She was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Basically, November 1st until December 31st is all Christmas with like a three-day carve out. Okay, we can do Thanksgiving on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then after that, it's Christmas again. So at our house, the tree was set up well before Thanksgiving. Uh, that's because it's how the missus likes it. How many know we like to keep her happy? Amen. Can I get an amen on that? And keep your wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. But the truth is, I love this time of year too, as many of us do. There's something really special about Christmas. You know, it's a time of reflection. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of anticipation. Time of giving. Time of receiving. For some of us, even a time of grieving. You know, most all of us in this room today have probably lost someone that we used to celebrate this holiday with. And we enjoyed those times. We enjoyed those people. So when this time comes around, we think about how much we miss them. And at the same time, the message of Christmas is so beautiful. Because it offers a very real promise of hope. Even in the midst of the darkest situations. And so today I want to talk to you for just the next few minutes about the greatest light that the world has ever known. We're going to start by looking at a couple of passages or verses, really, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. We'll start out in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And the light has dawned on those living 
in the land of darkness. Fast forward to John chapter 1, one verse 7. It says this, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. I'm sure you've noticed this, but one of the things that I love most about Christmas is that everything lights up. Everything lights up. Just last night, my wife and I decided to take a little detour on the way home. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a pipe burst in this building last night. I was standing right here in an inch and a half of water. Uh, it was absolutely crazy. Weren't sure if we were going to be able to be here or not. So quite a few folks from our team, and then God bless them, some tireless souls that work for the school district were here from yesterday afternoon until midday today trying to clean all that up. We're so grateful for them. God bless them. May they rest tonight and enjoy Christmas tomorrow. But after we left from doing all that, we decided, you know, let's go look at some Christmas lights for a few minutes. Because they're pretty. And they make you smile. Even when you're stressed out and wondering if you're going to have church tomorrow. And so we decided to go drive around and we were looking at the lights. And man, the lights were so beautiful. And I love some of the spectacular light arrangements. There's some people in our neighborhood that kind of go all out. You turn the radio dial. They get the flashing lights to the music. You know, you're listening in your car and it's all happening. It's pretty cool. But I also like the the simple, simple lights too. I don't know if you guys ever drive by down at Cedar Park, the Whole Foods and the Dick's Sporting Goods. Come on, you know the Chewies. Come on, somebody. Yes, we all know the jalapeno creamy. It's so good. <laughs> creamy jalapeno. It's so good. I have to say it twice, forwards and backwards. One of the places I look forward to every year at Christmas is that place because I just love how they do the simple, the white lights. Everything looks so classy and nice. So I look forward to that and then I get a little sad when it goes down, but whatever kind of lights you like, here's something that we all know, like that, don't like that when those go out, but I do like them when they're on. Here's what we do know, the Christmas season is all about lights. It actually is, it's all about lights, all about lights. By a show of hands, how many of you have already, or you have plans tonight to get a warm drink in your hand and go drive around with your family and go take a look at some Christmas lights? Come on, let me see your hands. If you haven't done that yet and you don't have plans, let me just tell you, Come to Jesus and go look at lights tonight. So two things I'm going to ask you to do. You'll have a great time doing it. But we are fascinated by lights as humans. In fact, we're actually made for them. Our eyes are made for lights. Our bodies are made for lights. You can't even survive in total pitch black darkness for very long because you're made for light. The truth is, we as a people, we desperately need light. We're not designed to live in the dark. And another thing about Christmas that I love is how it seems to illuminate everything in our lives. I say I love it because I do. I like it when the light shines into the darkness. But sometimes that illumination can be a little bit scary. How many know what I'm talking about? Seems like at Christmas, everything has a tendency to get exaggerated just a little bit. Like if something's going good, it feels extra good. If something's going bad, it feels real bad. You know what I'm talking about? We got some problems, we got a little fight, we got a little, can't buy this, need to buy that. Everything just starts to get bigger and brighter as the light shines on it. Christmas shines a light on our life. Sometimes, like I said, it's something that makes us celebrate and sometimes it's something that can make us a little sad. I mean, no, sometimes the, the lights of Christmas just sort of illuminate loneliness. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, yeah, pastor, I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of people, but somehow I still feel lonely. Maybe the Christmas lights are lighting up actually the emptiness inside of you. And you're saying, I know everything outside is shiny and bright, 
tinsel and lights, but inside of me, still a little dark and depressing in here. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, maybe the Christmas lights are highlighting people that you miss. You can't celebrate Christmas with the way you used to. Somehow, it still tends to lead to all of these moments, as nice and as bright as it is, where we think, my life's not quite as bright as I wish that it was. I could use a little more light. I could use a little more life. I could use a little more goodness. So we're here during Christmas, maybe more than any other time of the year, with the dueling realities of light and darkness right on top of us all the time. When the light gets brighter, the darkness also becomes more clear. When the dark gets darker, the lightness is needed all the more. But of course, as with anything that we face in this life, when we show up to a moment where there's light and darkness, I can promise you this, the scripture has been there waiting for us already. God knows what we're going to face. The truth is, light and darkness are major themes all throughout Scripture and throughout the kingdom of Jesus as well. Scripture is, in fact, packed with stories contrasting light and darkness. In fact, if you just crack open that Bible, the very first page, you just scroll down, and the first thing you're going to see is God Almighty with the sound of his voice piercing the darkness. And in verse 3 in the Bible says, let there be, finish it, light. I'm glad you know it. Third verse, let there be light. The same thing that he did there, he does again at the very first Christmas. Our God pierced the darkness. He sent his son Jesus to the world, and the Bible calls him the light of the world. Psalm 82 paints the picture of a world, spiritual beings and humans, and it says, they walk in darkness understanding nothing. This is the kind of world that Jesus came into. This is the world that the light from heaven was born into. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you step into a dark space and you turn on the light, everything changes. All growing up as a young child, I would go to my grandparents' house often, and from the street, it looks like just a big, wide farmhouse, single story. What you don't see is underneath, there's a big, wide, second story called a basement. As they have those in Alabama where I'm from. We don't have those around here. Yeah, basement. The thing about that basement is it was extraordinarily dark. For a young man, it was a little scary. And sometimes, like, the light switch at the top of the stairs when you need to go down didn't work. And so you're creeping down, holding on. And for some reason, when I was five, I just knew there was at least 17 monsters living in that basement. And at any moment, they're going to grab me by the ankles and rip me to shreds as I'm just going downstairs, trying to play a little bumper pool, a sneak a moon pie, an RC cola. Because how many know my grandpa had those down there, baby? Bobby's sneaking down, worried about the monsters, worried about the weird sounds or who's going to get into this place. But as soon as I turned on the light, everything changed immediately. What I saw was what was there all along. That's the way that light in the darkness works. Think about that first Christmas, everything changed. Think about Mary. She's a teenage girl. She's a virgin and suddenly an angel of God shows up and says to her, you're going to give birth to the light of the world. (laughs) How many know? One second she's married the teenager, the next minute she's the mother of Christ. Talk about a dramatic change in a moment of time. Maybe there's the shepherds out there that's chilling on a cold night with cold coffee and stinky animals. And they're just wondering what's going to happen next when all of a sudden the host of heaven, imagine this, 
if the host of heaven appeared before you and said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. They're bright, they're shining, and they're bringing them a message of hope. And it happened in an instant. Those shepherds were moved from darkness to light. And then, of course, there's the ancient astronomers or the wise men. They're staring at the stars all the time, trying to figure stuff out. And all of a sudden, there's a star like they've never seen before, brighter than anything they've ever seen. And they said, we should follow that star and see where it leads. In an instant, everything changed. And the light led them to the person of Jesus. The light was pointing to the light. Jesus not only brought light for all of these people that we read about and hear about in the Christmas stories, but he brought light for you and for me. Let's look again at what John had to say about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Just two quick verses. He says this. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Let me tell you something. I came here today to tell you that Jesus is my light. Jesus can be your light, and Jesus can be our light. He is the bright light that shines into the darkness of all the deepest, darkest questions that we don't have the answers for. But here's something we have to consider about the light that is Jesus. He's not like other lights. Some people look at Jesus like a flashlight, you know, like use this in case of emergency. <laughs> when everything else fails, all the power goes out, I can't see what's happening, where is it? There's the flashlight, turn that on. Oh, thank you, Jesus, come and help me right now. That's how a lot of people interact with Jesus. Break, use in case of emergency. <laughs> That's not what he's there for. Some people are a little bit afraid of Jesus because they think he's like a black light. You ever take a black light into your hotel room? I don't advise it. Ignorance is bliss. People think, I'm serious, don't do it. People think that Jesus is like a black light and all he's going to do is expose everything that's dirty and wrong with you. And then just leave you to sit with everything that's dirty and wrong with you. Because that's all you are is everything dirty and wrong. That's what some people think that Jesus is. Just a black light to come and expose what's wrong. But that's not really how he is. In some ways, both are true and yet not true at the same time. See, Jesus is with you in your emergencies, but he wants to be with you in every moment. He doesn't just want to be your flashlight. He is kind of like that black light. He will expose what's inside of you that needs to change and die, but he's also like a UV light that will kill it for you. <laughs> That's the kind of light that Jesus is. He can cleanse. He can restore and of course, at this time, we tend to think about the little baby Jesus that came into the world. And he did. The Christ child came as a child. It's mind-blowing when you think about that. But he did not stay that way. He grows up, and when he's 30 years old, he begins his ministry, his public ministry. So we fast forward from baby Jesus to grown Jesus, to blessed Jesus, to anointed, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus. And then speaking of himself in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is very important. We're going to focus on this for just the next few moments. 
before we finish up our time today. Notice Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He doesn't say I'm a light. He doesn't say I'm one of many lights. He doesn't say I'm a cool laser light just to do tricks and make you have some fun and smile. He doesn't say I'm a flashlight, just pull me out when you need me. I'm not just a black light to help you figure out what's wrong with you. He said, I am the light of the world. And he's saying, you don't have to stumble through life in darkness. You don't have to dwell in this place of gloom. He's saying, I'll be the fire on your coldest night. I'll be the brightest light on your roughest dark road. You don't have to be haunted by your past. You don't have to be confused about your present. You don't have to be worried about your future. Turn to me, follow me, and I will show you how to go. That's the kind of light that Jesus is. And I believe that he is saying to you today, I am the light. I am your light. In any storm, in every storm, I will be with you, friends. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed Jesus not to be a light, not to be a way, but to be the way, the truth, the life, the light. That's what we need. We got enough half-truths. We got enough situational solutions. But we need a savior, not just a solution. That's what we need. And here's what he says next, John 8, 12. Anyone who follows me will never, say never, never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. He swings the door wide open and says, come follow me into a life of power and purity and passion and purpose. That's the invitation. Question for you. How many of you in the last few months, few weeks, few days, a few hours, you know who you are, doing some Christmas shopping? Doing some Christmas shopping, yeah, oh, Okay. Just look around real quick. If your spouse doesn't have their hand up yet, release them right now to go and take care of what you need them to take care of. Now you go do a little Christmas shopping, right? And you walk up to the doors. You show up to Academy or maybe Walmart or maybe like Macy's need some perfume or you go to that place. Uh, I call it heaven on earth. Y'all call it the PGA Superstore. And you walk up to that place and all of a sudden the doors just automatically open. You notice that? They just automatically open up for you right when you walk up. You stand there and look at it, there's a little sensor, right? And that sensor will see people. And when they walk up, it just opens. It's automatic. It's systematic. It just does what it's supposed to do. It's not bias. It's not prejudice. It don't care if you're Hispanic, white, black, Asian, wealthy, poor. It just opens the door and says, come on in. Doesn't matter who walks up. Well, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm kind of like that too, but I don't have closing hours. I'm a little more like Waffle House, baby. I don't even have locks on my door. It just opens up. You walk up. I open up, you can come to me. Jesus is at the door saying, whosoever comes. And when you step across the threshold through the doorway into the person of Jesus, you find light for your darkness. And what a glorious light it is. Jesus says, come follow me, walk through the door, and you will have the light of life. That's the kind of light we're talking about. Not the light for one dark night. Not the light to help you find your way to the bathroom in a strange place you've never been before and you don't want to turn the lights on and wake somebody up. Not that kind of light. The light of life. Living in a time of darkness. When it's dark, you can't see where you're going. And the truth is, that's where some of you are right now. Some of you are there in darkness right now, not sure which way to turn. Tried everything to try to figure it out on your own. It ain't working. 
It's usually what happens when you do it on your own. It doesn't work. Works for a little while, stops. We need the light of life. Here's why it doesn't work when you do it your way. We, you and me, we were not designed to live apart from God's light. See, there is a designer. There is a creator. He made you. He made me. He made us with a purpose. Designed us according to his plans and schematics. And he said, you're not designed to live apart from my light. Tragically, so many people do. Many people live apart from the light of Jesus. Could that be your life right now? Could it be that you're walking in darkness, in desperate need, not of a light, but of the light? When you step into the light of Christ, you know everything changes. Once that light comes on, you'll be able to see God for who he is. You'll be able to see yourself correctly. You know, that's the problem is some of us diagnose ourselves apart from the light of Christ. Don't do that. That's how you get into more self-deception. When you and just the people who agree with you are the only people talking to you about you, you are going to get a little messed up. We need the light of life if we want our life to be what it was designed to be. Once that light comes on, just like it did for Mary, just like it did for the shepherds, just like it did for the wise men, it will instantly transform your life. And this is the beauty of Christmas. That Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, not just of one group of people. That's what they thought when he came, that he was just the Savior for God's chosen people. God said, no, surprise, chosen all people. If you call upon the name of Jesus and you follow him, you too can experience the Savior, the Messiah, the light of life. And he stands ready tonight to bring you his light. His light inside of you. And when his light comes to you, you then can become a light that transforms the entire world around you. And I want to show you now how that works. Let's just say that this candle I have here is the light of Jesus. You know, I see many people day in and day out. They're not living in the light of Jesus. Living in a light, some kind of light. I look into their eyes and I see the darkness and the longing, loneliness. They're longing, they're lonely, they're hurting, they're sad, they're empty. They need the light of life. If you're in the dark and you're separated from the light, then you're separated from who and what you were created to be. You know what Christmas is really all about? It's about God the Father sending his son into the world. Like heaven came into the world and said, here's some more light. Just like in the beginning when I said, let there be light, here's some more light for you. It's coming your way now. And then Jesus places his light inside of each one of us. Friends, I have to tell you, I used to walk in the darkness too. I used to listen to what the world said was right and wrong. I used to follow what my heart said was right and wrong. I used to make all my own rules, but then I realized there's a much better way. It's so much better to walk in the light of Jesus. And when you do, 
just like these candles are being passed around to you now, you are able to pass true light and true life onto other people who are in desperate need for it. Once you get your candle lit, if you would just stand to your feet, I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna take a moment and reflect on the light of the King who came and is coming once again. His name is Jesus. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time where our culture and our faith intersect. I thank you, God, that I sit in Starbucks this morning and finish this message and hear songs about a Savior who came from heaven to ransom those who were lost. But I thank you for this time. I thank you for your light. I thank you, Jesus, for your person, who you are, what you have done for us. And I thank you for your word that guides us and leads us into all truth. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us every day and fills us and gives us what we need so that we can follow you. God, would you help us to hold your light well, to share it with the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing a song and then I'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for listening to this message. You can stay connected with us at Vintage.Church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. At Vintage, we believe church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Liberty Hill area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service time, and plan your visit by visiting Vintage.Church slash Liberty Hill. We hope to see you soon.